This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hi, you guys want some cookies? Welcome to the garage. Welcome back to the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. With me, as always, where else would he be? He literally has nowhere else to go. My bosom buddy, Bob Castrone. Thanks for the thanks for the nice intro, Dan. I thought you were going to come at me way harder since I made you wait about an hour and a half tonight before we started. Well, the truth of the matter is, Bob, and you know this, I um, I don't have anywhere to go either. Yeah, that is true. You were just sitting here alone. This is Waiting my life. Waiting the whole time. I'm obviously not going to, I'm not, I have nothing to do on Friday. The whole reason we did this podcast is that shared quality of having no social lives anymore and the general downhill nature of our lives. Uh, and you spin it toward, okay, when was life good? Oh, back in like 2002. <laughs> so let's do podcasts from 2002 and 1997. Oh, and shit. That's and what this when is. When you really start peeling away the layers, it's so sad. I don't like to peel away the layers of this onion. Oh, man, this is the saddest onion. It's a dark onion. It's a dark, sad onion. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be back, which is, I guess, also sad that we're here. Yeah, again, you have nowhere else to go. No, that that is, that is very And bad. now you've moved. So you had to make a long drive from the mountains. No, that's not what happened. I was working here in Hollywood. It took me 15 <laughs> minutes to get here. And you're and because a big part of this show is drinking. Yes. Uh, while we talk about music and we're going to talk about Third Eye Blind today, which I'm very excited. Yeah, about. Yeah, we are. Um, you have imposed upon my family and you'll be sleeping at the house. I thought I thought there was like an open invite. <laughs> I mean, come on. But I am drinking because of that, because I know I am sleeping here tonight. Yes. I am drinking a fat tire mm-hmm. and some Maker's Mark simultaneously. So it is going to be wow a fun night. You also have a Crystal Geyser. Crystal Geyser is like one step below Aquafina in the uh, bottled water rankings. So I'm not, that might be alcoholic too. <laughs> I think this is straight up alcohol. Yeah. That's like just someone found a bottle and dipped it into the LA River and then capped it. And it's like, here's some water. And still, like if I'm at like a Trader Joe's, I won't drop the extra 14 cents for Crystal Geyser. I'll go for like the Trader Joe's water. That's nine cents a bottle. Uh, So, yes, we're going to record two podcasts tonight to pull back the curtain. This is the first one. I'm a little nervous. Bob has multiple alcoholic beverages in front of him. But you know what? Fuck it. Let's go out. Let's go out on a high. What do you mean go out on a high? I mean, we're here. We're going to it's all over on the downside of our lives. Let's go out on a high. All right, Bob, let's go out on a high. And yes, uh, Third Eye Blind, their uh, self-titled, what is it? Eponymous? Epinonymous. 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 Their first album that is the same name as the name of the band. Is this the first time we've done this on the podcast? Eponymous? Eponymous? Uh, hmm. I don't know. This Maybe. Is probably something we could Oh, no. Out. We did Weezer. We did Weezer, but that's the Blue Album, but it's Weezer. But it's Weezer. I know, I know. This Do one, you know anything about Weezer? This one Blah, doesn't even have a clever, oh, it's the red guy on the cover covering his third eye thing. Is that what it is? I don't know. Is that what it is? I think it's a woman, actually. Well, but, um... Yeah, we're doing the, Weez- uh, the uh, Third Eye Blind Stupid. album. Stupid. You just said Weezer. <laughs> I'm Stupid. an idiot. Uh, I'm drinking Tito's, by the way. Mm, so this this it, this could be an interesting show. Yeah, this one's going to be interesting. The next one's going to yeah, be Yeah, and you really have to. For a lot of reasons, you have to listen to next week's episode. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, 
Third Eye Blind. This is an episode we always wanted to do from the very beginning because it's a it's uh I would say it's one of our favorite albums of the late nineties collectively. It's do prob- you put that in your category? Well, it's probably my favorite album of the late nineties that I never owned. Oh, one of those. I don't know how I never owned it, but I I never had to. It was just around all the time. Interesting. Uh, all right. So I'm going to guess when this album came out. Okay. Oh, before we do that. Okay. I sent out a prompt, Bob. Yeah, let's do this first. Um, to, uh, from my Twitter account, at Dan Hansis, um, for some mailbag uh, questions for today's show and got a bunch of responses. And I know you got some responses, Bob, on the... The old uh, Gmail handle, the throwback pod, is it? Yeah, we got some emails. The throwback tweeted it out hours before you tweeted it out. So we Mm. got some responses there, too. Okay. And uh, yeah, let's go through some of these. Were you just throwing shade at me for waiting so long? A little bit. I might have gotten more replies, though, in a tenth of the time. Well, you do have ten times the following. (laughs) The reach. At least. All right, so this kind of spun in a positive in my direction. (laughs) You win this battle. Do you want to to, uh, get going? Yeah. with a question from the audience. All right, sure. Let's start with a big, broad question from. Uh, Are we talking about ladies? Oh, from Calv MCC. Broads. Also, well, they used to be. What's happening? Not anymore. What's happening on that side of the uh, garage? Because I think kind. women are wonderful creatures. What the hell is happening over there? <laughs> uh, just very simple from Calvin. Most underrated album of the '90s. Go. Underrated album. This is why the mailbag, and we do it on the Around the NFL podcast, why sometimes it's tricky uh, is because these are good questions to think about and have time to to percolate over. The most underrated album? <sighs> that is a big one. I'm sorry I threw that one at you first. It's pretty broad. Do you have an? Do you have one do you want to throw out? Most I'm up. sure there's like a hundred of them that I would, I would love to bring up right now that I'm not, I'm blanking on. Well, you know what? It's kind of... I'm going to answer with a technicality. Okay. The most underrated album of the 90s in the 90s was Pinkerton. Okay, but isn't it, in a way, hasn't it come all the way it around now? absolutely has, which is why I gave it that qualifier. But at the time, it was the most underrated album of the 90s. Now the most underrated album of the 90s, MC 900 Foot Jesus with whatever... No, I have no idea. <laughs> do you have... Do you have uh... I will throw one out there. Okay. Uh, feeling Strangely Fine by Semisonic. That's a good one. Great album. Underrated. Uh, definitely underrated. And they were, and Semi Sonic was kind of written off as a one hit wonder. But if you listen to that album, a lot of good stuff. Also, that, you know, that Better Than Ezra album. Uh, Friction, comma, baby. Friction, comma, baby. Yeah, it's another good one. A little bit underrated. But then it would have to be rated at all. That is true. And of course, Reload by Metallica. Obviously. The, the, was that the album that led to you getting banned from Napster? Yes. Yeah. I, I downloaded literally one Metallica song. <laughs> Uh, and it was uh, uh, fuel. Give me fuel. Give me fire. Give me that which I desire. Oh! Uh, it's a good song. Um, like and song. based on that, Lars Ulrich uh, banned me from Napster because they were doing <laughs> some type of bot sweep. I didn't even know that bot sweeps were possible. It was a thing back in then. 1999. Uh, but they did it and they pulled it off and they can go fuck themselves because of it. Uh, I will ask a question now. Okay. Oh, most underrated album of the 90s. I got it. Forget all that bullshit I said. Echo, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I'll take that. Here that makes go. sense to me. Here we go. Here we go. Here's my question, Bob. Ask away, Dan. Are you ready? I'm ready, Dan. Um, would you guys ever do a Madden soundtrack? 04 or 05 are legendary. I stopped playing Madden roughly 1999, so I'm probably not the best person to ask. 
on this one. Uh, I definitely was playing Madden during those times, but uh, the answer is no. No. And I actually got a question as well. Most underrated album of the 90s, but we hit that. Okay. You got another one? I do. Oh, I have so many. Okay. This is from uh, Beatnik33. What? Segment's going great. Good seg so far. What will happen with the albums that you already covered in the rejected pods? Will you record them again, or will you find the <laughs> balls to release them as they are? Uh, we did kick around the possibility of releasing one of the lost uh, throwback pods. Yeah, pulling back the curtain even more. We've already pulled back the curtain a little. Okay. More curtain pulling. Uh, I found the uh, one of the episodes we did was with Mark Sessler from the, the star of the Around the NFL podcast. Right. Co-star. Star of the around the NFL podcast, the star breakout star. We did um, August and everything after with him. Just another guy. Immediately after doing the Coldplay album, <laughs> and <laughs> it was an interesting night for us. And uh, I think the combination of drinking a lot and going from one kind of depressing ex girlfriend album to another depressing album. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. It got really heavy. So I found it and I sent it to Dan, and we both listened to it. And the consensus is uh, no, it's never coming. Yeah, out. I think it weighed us down a little bit. Weighed to be us honest, down. that we and alcohol. Too much. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the other episodes we recorded that uh, will never see the light of day. Ever. We did a Soul Asylum Grave Dancers Union episode, <laughs> which was weird. good. Yeah, it was a little good. weird, but we did it. Why not? We did Hello Nasty, and that was like a test show early on. Yep. Where we were like, "Oh, this Beastie Boy album is 19 tracks long. Let's never do that again." I just don't think we knew what we had to how to do the show either. Yeah, it yeah. was too many tracks. We did Vitology. Yes. That, that I think we could have pulled off if we recorded it now. We could do it now. Yeah. we were, It took actually it was surprising um, that it took us a while to figure out how to do this podcast, but I guess also not. Yeah. Considering how bad it is, you'd be surprised yeah, exactly. that there were worse versions of this. Listen to the effort involved in giving you guys <laughs> good podcasts. And then you're like, wait, I've listened to this podcast. They are mediocre at best. I can't believe these are the ones that they decided were good enough to go out to the public. Here you go, Bob, from yes. Tane Sarajevo. Uh, if you were the captain of your favorite NFL team, what song would you choose to lead your team out for the Super Bowl? Ooh, I like that, Tane. That is a great one. So I'm the captain of the New York football giants. Mm -hmm. We're back in the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. and I have to pick the song that we're all coming out to. Mm-hmm. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that what I desire. Huh. I mean, that's a good one. Mine would be, you drink too much, you talk too much, you talk too much, you drink too much. All right, let's, uh, that's it for the mailbag. Good job. Good, good job, bag. guys. Good bag, good bag, good Thank sag. you to everyone else. Good sag, there was good no, bag. There was no forethought looking at the questions. We were both just scrolling through Twitter. There were probably better ones there. Good we, sag. We're sorry we didn't get to yours. Good bag. Uh, Bob, uh, third eye blind. I feel like I'm coming in hot. Am I coming in hot on the mics? You're a little hot, but I can I can fix that in post. You're yeah, okay. okay. Good. Want to lower you a little bit? Uh, um, oh, yeah. Third eye blinds. Uh, Epanamanamanas album came out. I'm going to take a guess, Bob. In October 1997. You have the year. You are off on the month. It came out. In April 1997. Okay. What? What's so funny about that? It just took a long time just to, you know. Well, I never remember to write down write it down <laughs> when I email myself these four tidbits of information. Mm. So. so what happened in April of 1997, Bob? Well, Dan, this is big. Uh, Steve Irwin's The Crocodile Hunter debuted. Oh. Remember The Crocodile Hunter? You know what I do remember? I remember it was actually... Um, 
I don't think it was your the last party um, you guys had at your old uh, Lower East Side apartment, but it was one of the parties in the summer of 2007 when the news broke that Irwin got popped in a big spot by the uh, Stingray. What an asshole Stingray. The old Stinger to the heart got him in a big spot. And uh, <laughs> he's like, oh, crikey. Oh, oh crikey. Oh. I'm bleeding out. It was a very sad thing. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember it breaking and for a, a moment hesitating out on your outdoor deck there that you guys had, which was, you know, really, it was a great location, that apartment, and a great outdoor deck, and that is that is where we'll end it oh, in terms the, of what that apartment's right. uh, uh, charm was. It was a Lower East Side, uh, tiny two-bedroom. The inside was an abomination, but yeah. the deck and the location. And I, I slept on the couch of that apartment for two months in the summer of 2007. So you lived on the couch. So I mean, you I said ca- slept, but like you lived on I the lived couch. on the, yeah, I actually right. lived to the point where I remember walking to the local locksmith and getting keys to the apartment. <laughs> and uh, I lived I lived there. Um, you got a hand job on the couch once. Can we talk about that? I, I don't like to talk about my, my relationships, Bob. I'm okay. a happily married man and a Christian. <laughs> okay, so we'll move on from that. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, Steve Irwin got popped in a big spot uh, during a party, and everyone <laughs> hesitated and then continued drinking. Yeah, no, we, we were able to. I think that's yeah. what Steve would have wanted. Um, also, he would have wanted to not been killed by a fucking stingray, Bob. <laughs> you don't know that. You don't know Steve as well. Motherfuckers like fighting alligators and like beating sharks a to death. Stingray, and then I a, know. a stingray pierces his goddamn heart. Fucking what kind Steve. of world? R.I.P. Steve. Uh, also that month, 42 million people watched as Ellen DeGeneres publicly declared, I'm gay. That was, yeah. That's the thing. Uh, Steve Irwin was not resting in peace. He was waiting for Bob Castrone on a Little Herd podcast to say rest in peace, R.I.P. He hears now me. He hears me. He now me. he's going to heaven. Yeah, he's finally. Look, he's ascending now. I see. I see him. Crikey, say you lighter. If he would have held out a little longer, he could have witnessed Ellen DeGeneres surprising the world by being gay. Yep, she did it. She did it. Yep, I'm gay. Cover of Time Magazine. It was a huge story. And society wants people to forget this. As soon as that happened, her popular sitcom went in the tank. Yep. And uh, canceled. was canceled yep. shortly thereafter. So, uh, nope, they weren't ready. Weren't society. ready. Ready now. Is she still gay? R.I.P. Ellen. Yeah, she's still gay. <laughs> Ellen starts floating <laughs> to heaven. She's like, no, no, I'm not dead. Uh, movies that came out in April 97, where, mm-hmm. you know, we were, what were we, seniors in high school? No, we were still juniors in high school. Juniors, Bob. Juniors in high school. Well, we saw some of these movies, like The Great Anaconda. <laughs> yes. Gross Point Blank. I love Gross Point Blank. That's a great movie. Yes. Uh, Volcano, Double Team. Wait, is there a better premise for a movie? Yes, there are better premises, but <laughs> a, a rock-solid premise than... Hitman, played by John Cusack and romancing a inner prime mini driver, uh, has some dirty work to, to attend to while at his Michigan 10-year reunion. I mean, it's perfect. Whoever wrote that. Yeah. I mean, none of it's original, but then you put it all, it all together. together. Yeah. Isn't that the, the goal of any, Bob, you've written screenplays? Not necessarily to come up with, with a genius original piece of art, but take all these familiar fun things and come up with something new. Yeah, I've clearly Nailed never done, I've clearly never come up with a genius piece of art, but I have definitely come up with ideas that were like, oh, it's like Gross Point Blank because meets meets this. Yeah. yeah and Gross Point Blank does so many things well, uh, but not as well as this movie that we, Dan, saw in the theaters. Oh, I know what it is. Right? Opening night. 
What are you up to? Okay, um, I invented post-its. <laughs> You're kidding. You must have made a fortune. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That, of course, is Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Speaking of reunion films. Yes. That one was a little more flimsy. It was like, what if we took two of the more attractive blonde starlets of the decade and sent them to a high school reunion, but set it in 1988? Yeah, and that was enough. They got us there opening night. We got our tickets. We drove to New City. Mm Mm-hmm. In my grandfather's, I, I was borrowing my grandfather's- The rectangle car. Reliant. It yeah. was like an 89 Reliant or something. and um, That was a weird car. It was a weird car. It was a yeah. rectangle. You guys just called it the rectangle car. Yeah. We got there. They were sold out, so we had to get tickets to the later show. How is that possible? So we just drove around for a couple of hours. You assholes broke the rear view mirror in the car- <laughs> Because you thought it would be funny because they were um, flat seats, like those uh, <laughs> bucket ben- seats. bench seating. No, bench, bench seating. <laughs> so all of you decided to get in the front seat oh, yeah. when we stopped at Wendy's like a bunch of pigs. <laughs> and in the process, you guys broke the rearview mirror. And I was like <laughs> horrified for like the next three days because I had to tell my grandfather we broke his rearview mirror. You were so pissed. I remember that. I was and, so you pissed. Know, rightfully so. Rightfully so. But I pulled it together to see that movie because I was in love with Mira Servino. We all were. We had a weird um, it's I think it's a teenage boy thing where if you spend enough time with each other, you can get jointly fixated on um, certain women. And it happened to us multiple times. But the two like the number one instance was Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yes, we were Buffy heyday. We were all in love. We all had pictures of Sarah Michelle Gellar in our lockers. Yeah, it was at that level. Yeah. um, Fucking losers. And then uh, Mira Sorvino, which was a little bit. It's like a darker, that's like an indie dark horse. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, how, I'm was, proud of us for that. But the reason we went and saw that movie on the first day was because yeah. our obsession. But where did it start? I have no idea. We just all decided we loved Mira Sorvino. Was it the VHS, uh, VHS cover of that like Skinamax movie? Oh, uh, we're not going to get into that story. I thought, we? Didn't we already tell that story? No, I don't think we ever did. That might have been on one of the deleted pods. Let's save it for uh, another show. Okay. Or should we tell the story? Maybe later in this episode. And Let's we're listen to some Third Eye Blind. Fine. We're definitely going to forget. Um, anything else, Bob? No, the number one song in America. Oh, that's, yeah. That's your, your this gig. That's my thing. That's your thang. I like was. that gig there. Thang. Just play it already. Come on. Hang on. Hang on. Come on. <laughs> How many times have we... Relax, you fuck. These are the episodes that make it. Oh, thank God. More Puff Daddy on the pod. This is basically, we're basically just doing a Puff Daddy podcast. Yeah, he's the worst. Like, his music is really bad in this era. And he was the biggest hip-hop star. And we talked about it because we had a, a Bad Mace song. Yeah. Was it uh, I'll Be Missing You? No, that was no. another Bad Puff Daddy song. We've done multiple Bad Puff Daddy yeah, songs. Yeah, but Mace is the, like, really not a very good rapper. No. And, and we're not really the people to, to decide these things. But I feel like a lot of people were in agreement that, like, Puff Daddy was a terrible rapper. Mace right. had a distinct flow, but, you know. Well, here's a question that I glossed over on our Twitter timeline. Uh, who's your favorite rap artist? 
Oh, my favorite rapper? It was asked by one of our fans. Uh, hands down for me, it's Kanye. Yeah, makes sense. And I'm not like a huge Kanye, a huge rap guy. I like rap music, but I don't have like a, a ton of like albums. I, I just like songs. But Kanye, I have like all his albums. Yeah. I would say uh, for me, it's Tribe Called Quest. I probably have listened to them the most over the years. And uh, I love that. Yeah. All right. And you called the tribe, so I like that. There we go. This just shows a little bit of... Uh, a little too comfortable. I was a little too comfortable there. A little indie cred there for you, Bob, because tribe is kind of like the... If you want to show that you're kind of cool. Kind of. Not really, though. You're kind of a hip dude. You like... Yeah, I like what Q-Tip's doing. And I think about Fife Dog a lot. Oh, nice. Good yeah. for you, Dan. I like that. Here we go. You got to tell, you got to say R.I.P. Fife Dog so you can go to heaven. I will. Not Craig, yet, though. I'm not, I'm not ready yet. Losing a whole year, the kickoff track on the Epinominous Third Eye Blind album released in 1997. And uh, I think this one right off the bat jumps out to me. I think that uh, Third Eye Blind's album, this album, and they never came close to repeating it, but had so many great, catchy, like upbeat, like alternative pop rock kind of anthems and this is one of my favorite unsung um alternative songs of this era and one of the best album starters of the 90s i'm pounding the table you are you're literally pounding the table there there's no more 1997 album than this i don't know what else came out in 1997 but just right off the bat hearing the song again it's 1997 like it is so tied to that time like everything about this sound yeah i agree with you in the sense that it takes me back to 1997 which was 21 years ago what um but also i don't think it sounds dated in its no not dated it's anything. not like like dust brothersy like oh that's weird that there's like all those unnecessary like records being right. scratched in the back <laughs> like it's not <laughs> the that dust brothers that did not age well no it didn't it's, all dust brothers so thing. it's not that it's just like just something his voice and the sound like it's late 90s yeah mid to late do 90s. a little bit more Cyber, cyberspace reference drink <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love that part i love that part i love this song Awesome. Yeah, I love the song. I, I just remembered, I didn't have this album, but my girlfriend in high school had this album. So this was on all the time. You throw it in my face again that I didn't have a girlfriend had in a high girlfriend school? a girlfriend in high school. Fuck what, face. What's up, Miranda? How you, are you fuck. <laughs> Miranda's like, um, I'm ready to take out the restraining order because Bob oh, has man. brought me up three times on the podcast I've now. I've never brought her up. I never said her name. Miranda's not come up on the podcast? No, I've, I've mentioned girlfriend in high school. Yeah. You are wearing an I love Miranda and still think about her t-shirt right now. 
<laughs> she made me this. All right, I made it myself, but fine. Uh, yeah, that's losing a whole year. I and uh, God, this is such a good album. It's kind of falls under that, um, that umbrella though too. And I tell these people to go fuck themselves. Of albums tell a like, lot of people to go fuck themselves. Yeah, including our audience, which I think has hurt us in the long run, and we'll get to that next week. <laughs> um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, I think that it's not it's not cool at all. Basically, well, we'll start here. If you were born in the early '80s, like we were, you're all, you're already not cool anymore. But oh, yeah. if you then, on top of it, uh, say something like, "Oh, the first Third Eye Blind album was awesome." There's a certain segment of people that will be like, oh, you're a tool. Well, first of all, go fuck yourself. Second of all, uh, I don't really care about that because I think that this album was legitimately, especially in the era it came out, was just a, a, a great piece of art to have around because there was not a lot of good music. There was like a downturn in alternative music right around this time, and this is one of the last bangers. Right. This was like the end of the run where it was like this – and like the last good Everclear album, and like that was like the kind of sound like semi. Be here now came out. Semisonic, be here now. It was kind of like that Pop era. Pop by you two. Yeah, see, that's where we were at. What do you mean? What, what does that mean? It means like it was the end of that alternative era before like the Limp Biscuits and Corn came in and took over. Yeah, there, and then all these albums, these artists kept on putting out albums, and nobody cared anymore. But I don't think you, there are as many people walking around shitting on the Third Eye Blind as you think there are. They had like a weird resurgence in cred the very weird the weirdest resurgence in cred but that and and even more weird they have a whole cult following that are people that are younger than us yeah yeah it makes no sense yeah um track two is uh narcolepsy and it is kind of a cool song this is something third eye third eye blind did well it's kind of a hard name should we call them 3eb that's not easy to say either this is something Stevie Jenkins did well. With an A. Steven with an A, by the way. Okay. As, as if he's like, I know I'm a good looking douchebag, but how <laughs> can I just hammer home the point? Steven with an A. With an A. Yeah. Uh, this kind of song where it starts off one way, it starts off slow, and it just kind of builds momentum to the point where all of a sudden it's a, it's a different song and you're just already completely into it. Yeah. Here we let's go. Let's listen to it. I'm gonna get a drink while vamp. All right. Vamp. Bobby. Wait, you lowered it? I thought we were actually gonna listen to the song. You're really making me vamp. Oh man. Well, Fife Dog, I feel like I miss you. We all miss you. I'm not. I'm not ready to say to say it yet, but you know, I know you're out there, and I'm thinking about you. We're thinking about you all. Um, God, I, I have so many like mixed feelings about Third Eye Blind because I wasn't a Third Eye Blind fan. Like I never was like I need to go see them live or I want to like be a fan of this band. But this was such a tremendous album that I'm that I don't own or never have. I'm so excited to listen to it and. This song I haven't even thought about in forever. Uh, it's so good. I forgot to pick up my microphone. Um, yes, I I never saw them live either. 
would have liked to. I think it was one of those things where. Oh, I didn't even want to. They they yeah. looked, they sounded terrible. I was definitely a bigger fan than of you than you were. No, because... no, but they just every time I saw them on, like I would like record them when they would do late night talk shows. They were awful live. They were not good live, and that was a, something that he has a terrible voice. One of the um, one of the uh, Napster before Lars Ulrich uh, banned me. Um, or was it Ski? I can't remember. No, it was Lars. Lars yeah. personally banned you. Um, he did a cover of Sunday Bloody Sunday that was on Napster a lot. And I remember just being like, this is fucking crazy bad. Like, yeah. his voice is so uh, bad in the live Napster clips that you would download. And it did kind of take you out of, like, the idea of... Oh, is, are they like the next great band? Right. No, like they're clearly very produced, but, but they write good that, songs. But you know what? We say that as people that actually never did see them live. There might be a whole like army of three EB fans. Threeb. Threeb fans that uh, view them as some of the most dynamic performers of uh, the century. Yeah, they're idiots. Um, I will I will tweet out. No, come on. I you're like not a- when you take out the fucking knives. You're Bob. not allowed to think that. Um, no, we'll tweet out uh, videos. I remember they did like the Vibe talk show. Do you remember Vibe? Uh, wasn't that isn't that the uh, African American uh, magazine? They had their own talk show for a while. Not they. Like Vibe. Vibe was the they. Vibe Uh-oh. had their own talk. show Are you show. getting in the deep? This deep is bad. This is bad. No, <laughs> dig vibe, out, Bob. Dig out. They Vibe had their own talk show, and um, it was terrible. But they came on. Third Eye Blind came on. A lot of days, and um, it was bad. And I'm going to tweet that out. I'm going to find it and tweet it out. Wow. So there was a vibe talk show that Third Eye Blind played. Yes. And I remember recording it. Mm. And I keep on doing this when I say record. I'm using my uh, index finger and my middle finger. Yeah. Because that's how you had to record. You had to press the two buttons at the same time. (laughs) I recorded it when they were on. And I remember watching it the next morning and being like, oh, my God, (laughs) this is bad. Sorry. And then it's a weird choice for them to have narcolepsy twice on the same album. See, maybe that's why people didn't respect them. <laughs> it's just sloppy. sloppy it would have been better. To, it would have been better to do this. <laughs> All right, let's listen to that to the song, which is pretty famous. One of the biggest hits of the 1990s, Bob. Semi-Charm Life. Very proud of myself for uh, predicting that. The first time I heard this song was after baseball practice one day. Mm-hmm. And I heard this and I thought, this song is going to be huge. And I was right. <laughs> it is. I mean, I kudos on that, Bob. I did it. That's what the, that's what I think of, too, is that you nailed this. I did it. Um, that's a good topic, though. I'm trying to think like it. A song where I thought the same thing happened with me was uh, New Radicals, You Get What You Give. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, oh. you told me about that song. Really? That's I broke like, that one to you? Yeah, and that's like the preemptive oh. Bob song because it has like that sort of Bob <laughs> jankiness to it. And I remember you asking me if I had heard it yet, and I was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that, and that, that might be my favorite 
song of the 90s not connected to my favorite bands, but that's a whole different podcast that we'll never do. Um, But this is the biggest hit from Third Eye Blind. It's not close. It was actually, uh, it reached number four uh, on the Billboard chart, straight up. And it was number one on the Modern Rock chart. It was a worldwide hit. And it's in the surprising uh, subject matter Hall of Fame. It's about crystal meth. Yeah. Being hooked on drugs. It's weird that it's surprising because he flat out says, like, I'm doing crystal meth, like, all throughout the song. But nobody listens to that But show. nobody listens to But it. that's why it's kind of a brilliant song because it's like this bubblegum pop that has this um, really dark subject matter. And Stephen Jenkins... Stephen. Uh, Stephen Jenkins. I read uh, his Wikipedia, the entry on the song. It's not his entry unless he could have written it. He's kind of that type What's, of guy. What else is he doing? But here's what he said about the song. It's a dirty, filthy song about snorting speed and getting blowjobs. That's actually how he talks. <laughs> that is how he talks. Because we saw a movie that he starred in. We did. I forgot about that. I did not, actually. Oh, man. Well, if you were planning on bringing it up, I'm sorry for just... No, no, you didn't there. step on anything. Okay. But just know that Bob and I were big enough fans of Stefan Jenkins. No, that's not why we watched the movie. And Joyce Heiser, yes. just one of the guys, uh, that we, we dug up. Um, I don't know. How do we even find out about it? I don't know. It was like, I think we were on Joyce Heiser's IMDb. Yeah, if you're if you're a person of a certain age, you know who Joyce Heiser is or know the movie that she was most known for, Just One of the Guys. Which yes, was a, it's one of the best yeah. 80s movies, period. It was played on a constant loop in the summer of 1995 on HBO, so there's a lot of people Not in that lot. age range that know it by heart because of that, because media used to be very different. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and... We look. We used to keep tabs on her career, Joyce. Yes. And then we found out that after taking a long break from acting, she resurfaced with a straight-to-video thriller co-starring Stefan Jenkins. <laughs> of all people. Of all people. It was the girl from Just One of the Guys and the lead singer of Third Eye Blind. And we ended up uh, getting drunk and watching the whole movie. Yeah, I, I think we bought it, and it was like a whole thing. It, it was all money. It definitely, we definitely spent money on it. Uh, yeah, we watched it, and it was, uh, it was exactly what you might expect. And I guess since we're here, you want to hear a little bit. You want to hear a little bit of the trailer. Of, uh, do you remember what the name of the movie was? No, it was. I mean, it has like a. I think the word attraction is in it. Or <laughs> very close. Fate. <laughs> the name of the uh, name of the movie is Art of Revenge. Art of Revenge. Yeah, so let's let's listen to it a little bit right now. <laughs> or the whole thing. Because there's no prep happening right now. We're just going to play this thing. It's insane we just talked over like the biggest hit this band has ever had about this movie that nobody's ever seen. More important things came to light. It's true. What's all this? Someone sent a proposal of mine to a certain competition to design a certain very cool hotel <laughs> on the coolest part of the very cool Sunset Strip. <laughs> I told you to talk like God, this. I know you did. You owe me big time. And you take my bed. I love you. It was a perfect life. Who's that VO guy? That's great. It's about time. (laughs) That wasn't so perfect. Of course not. Part of me always knew that he'd leave me one day. I thought he was happier. Are you right? I'm leaving Mara. After seven years of marriage, I want sex. With a lot of <laughs> All right, we, we gotta stop. This is something. It was a chance encounter. No, or not. 
<laughs> I would watch the whole, I would listen and watch the whole thing. That'll be our next podcast. We just do uh wait, what's the name of it? The Art of Revenge. The Art of Revenge. I we did watch the whole movie again, a, a, a shining light on our, our, our social life. It was like a Saturday night about 5 years ago <laughs> and we dug it up on like Amazon. Like it was like on the dark web. <laughs> we found it somehow. It was like the whatever the dark it web came, of Amazon Prime yeah. was. No, it came with bath salts. Like when you bought it they just mailed you. The Silk Road just mailed you bath salts. And you're not going to believe it. Stephen Jenkins is not a good actor. Not a great actor. And you might you might have gotten something from that trailer. But not a good movie. I don't remember anything about it other than um, I think Joyce Heiser was uh, driven mad by his infidelity, as I recall. That sounds right. That sounds right. All right, let's move on. My, my Facebook friend. I wish friend. you would step back from that ledge, my friend. You could cut ties with all. One of the funniest starts to a song. It just like, Why do you say that? It just comes in hot. Comes in hot, comes in earnest as fuck. Earnest as yeah. fuck. And um, which you, I can appreciate sometimes, especially if you have like the hook to back it up. And the it's a it's really a pretty nice piece of music. No, it's, and the it, chorus is great. The chorus is great. Uh, but I like the drum beat of it. It's very kind of uh, interesting and different. And I guess... I'm not someone that gets too caught up in this, but the message is a good message. It's about, hey, bro, don't fucking ice yourself in a big spot. Don't push your agenda on me. <laughs> Five dubs, <dumbs>, like, please. <laughs> I like, need this. It's getting worse. You gotta see mama. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is like the kind of song where if it was like, <laughs> if you were like, hey, everybody, I wanna play you a song, and it was like dead quiet. And you hit play, and the first thing was, "I wish you would step." Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's funny. It is a. It is a definitely a '90s artifact. Yes. And at some point, for whatever reason, it's a song that kind of became funny, and it does remind me, actually, Bob, of one of your old post show sketches. Which one was it? Oh, we you did guys one. used it. Yes, we used for it for comedic effect. Yes, it was when um, it was supposed to be a dramatic moment in the guy's life. And uh, Nick, when uh, Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson broke up, all oh, right. And this was the song soundtracking it, or something, something like that. Something like that. But the reason, and I'm sure you got all the proper clearances to use that. Not at all. Just we, like we where you've gotten all of them. Headgum's going to absorb the old post show. Yeah, yeah. your old uh, uh, web videos also absorbed by uh, uh, Headgum. Oh no, it was when he found out Bruce and Demi broke up. Okay, he he went through a lot of shit. Yeah, but anyway, so this is another huge hit for them, and. Uh, and it maybe I wouldn't say it aged well because it is kind of like a funny song on some level. I don't know why. Though. And it doesn't even sound that great. Like the chorus, like I, I still like the chorus, but I don't know. This isn't doing too much. For Wait, me let's right listen now. to this. I actually like the build up too, and he does that cool yell again. Let's listen to this. Get there. This is a big um, 
WPLJ adult contemporary hit as well, mm-hmm. and they would edit out him going, yeah, 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 yeah. Did they really edit that out? Which is really out? like the death of rock and roll. I mean, come and on. Really, the death of the baby boomers was taking out Stefan Jenkins going, yeah, 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 was yeah. It, was that too much boomers? Yeah, Scott and Todd were like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's not get people whoa, angry whoa, whoa. on their ride home. Uh, anyway, and then it comes back into the chorus one more time. I still like Shame it. I know I'm, I'm kind of crapping on it, but it's good. Shame on you, Bob. A huge hit. Holy shit. It reached number five on the Billboard charts. It was a top five hit in the entire country. That's Not alternative insane. rock. A massive hit. Alternative rock was still pop music at the time. It was in the death rows. And yeah, it was, was right before wait, NSYNC came. was this the last big alternative album? I bet it was. And maybe that's why there's a whole generation of kids that were like looking back at like remembering NSYNC fondly and being like, oh, this too. Because this was like right before. Hmm. Hmm. Good hypothesis, Bob. There it is. On this eponymous album. Epiponymous. Epiponymous. You know who's coming back is... Um... Jason Zumwalt. <laughs> is that where you're going? Not Jay. Oh. Although it was great to have Jay uh, last week. Uh, what's coming back is... Um... Speaking of the Lower East Side apartment, what is that comedy duo? Flight of the Concord. Yes. Yes. I'm the hippopotamus or whatever yes. it was. Hippopotamus. <laughs> I enjoyed that. My lyrics I, are bottomless. Yes. I enjoyed their comedic stylings combined with music. Oh, my God. Do you remember when we drank an entire bottle of vodka and then ruined New Year's? But we were watching Flight of the Concords while we were drinking that bottle. So it's a happy memory. Yeah. For us. For us. Not for anybody else. Oh, look at the, bo- the bangers pop. Here we Keep go. Coming. Here we go. Let's listen to it. Here we go. Boy, calamity. Into it. What a douche. I love it. He's my boy. Come on, bring it in. Listen to this breakdown, Bob. Oh! I think great rocker. I'm in. This must have been the album. That the writers of American Pie listened to on repeat while they were writing their screenplay. <laughs> That's how they became millionaires. Like everything about this, everything about American Pie just feels like it came from this album for some reason. Yeah, both like thematically and like, yeah. Attitude. Attitude I don't know. Attitude and everything. I'm with you. I'm tying it together forever. But I don't think of um, American Pie as much. Although this was on the American Pie set. I think it was, also. yeah. But I think of Can't Hardly Wait. This was on the Can ah. Hardly Wait soundtrack. We kind of hit a sweet spot, strangely. We it, did, yeah. Um, graduated in 1998. We were cursed in a lot of ways um, by time. You know, it's like, oh, we just want to have a good time in college, and then the towers come down. There was that. It's like, oh, are we going to get drafted, motherfucker? Wait. <laughs> there was a, that was, I wasn't there was a wor- period. I was not worried about that because of my flat feet. Uh, you were that was saying, a bigger concern with you. Yeah, I was going to be cannon fodder. I knew my flat feet. Cronies. Flat feet kept me safe. 
Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, 9-11 was fucked up. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, but graduating high school in 1998 yeah. meant that you got the one-two punch of Good Riddance by Green Day. Yep. An all-time graduation song. Yep. And then this song came out right in the spring of 98 when we were graduating. And I remember we actually took, like, the B-list took, like, a, a group trip. Uh, we were, like, at this point near the top of the B-list, so we were power players. B-plus list. Yeah. Yeah. And we were a part of the, a large contingent of B-listers that, and I'm sure some C-stragglers got into the mix. They uh, found their way in. That went to see Can't Le- Hardly Wait in the theaters. Yes. Were you there? Yeah, I, I was a solid B-plusser. Yeah. I, I was definitely there. Um, and that makes me think of that song. And it's another sense. great uh, rock song. Let's, I mean, let's look at this so far. Losing a whole year, underrated banger yep. of the decade. Narcolepsy. Nice. nice yeah, like Third that. Eye Blind song. Yes. Semi-Charmed Life. Absolute pop anthem modern the rock classic jumper bob fucking hates it because he won't let five dog go to heaven <laughs> but <laughs> but i liked it at the time so you know there's that yeah i think it's a it's a great modern rock like mid-tempo ballad type song uh graduate awesome kind of uh alternative rock song and then they really haven't missed and then oh shit oh shit bob here it comes oh here it comes shit You're going to drop a ballad on us now. Oh, man. And it's going to be a home run ballad of the decade. This is going to make me feel things. Oh, man. This is going to remind me that I didn't get laid in high school. Okay. Let's do it. Your thoughts, Bob? I have so many thoughts right now. This is another song. If it wasn't on the American Pie soundtrack, it should have been. I just again, <laughs> like every one of these songs. This really does tell the story of Shitbrick <laughs> in a lot of ways, and his dealings with um, the MILF character. Okay, I mean, there's that. A second thought was, what's our funny story with our buddy Mike with this song? Uh, oh, he thought he sounded good singing it. Yeah, he thought he sounded good. He, Our friend Mike, <laughs> who we love, we call him Dude Love, uh, great guy, really good person, great guy. Um, and he... He decided that, you know, he genuinely felt like he could sing this well. Yeah, Mike's kind of like a straight arrow, and he kind of has like a monotone voice, and not <laughs> maybe not somebody that would be known for... Not a singer. Yeah, not a singer, would never describe himself as a singer. But one day... Never I, sang. I believe, actually, it was senior year. It might have been driving down to Seaside Heights, now that I think about it, uh, after we graduated from high school. 
Mike kind of casually, as he was known to do, he would kind of knock you on your ass every once in a while with certain yeah. things. Mike's the funniest person I know. Yeah, and yeah. Mike said, like, I think this came on the radio, and he was like, oh, like, I could sing this song really well. <laughs> <laughs> and that fucking killed us. We all kind of laughed, and we were like, like, but then... Then we realized like he wasn't he was, fucking he was around. Serious. And he this was is like, why Mike is the funniest person in the world. And I get that because yeah. there are songs that I think I can sing really yeah. well too. Like if you're in the shower, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm nailing this. Right. Like I don't think Bruce Springsteen can sing "I'm on Fire" better than I can. There are certain songs, yeah. that everyone says, okay, this is in my wheelhouse. I can nail the, every note in it. Yeah. For Mike. It just happened to be this song. Yeah. It's probably the only song he feels that way. And I think we were able to get him to sing it for us. Like, I think eventually that weekend. We had to ply him with something. Yes. I think we probably after paid shock. him or we gave him, like, dibs on shotgun or, like, his own bed in the motel where we were staying. There was some type there of was something, payment. Yeah. And in exchange for that, he sang the whole song acapella for <laughs> it us. It was well worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it was not very good, but it was very entertaining. But, for, but in his brain, it was perfect. Uh, this is a great um, uh, ballad, though. It really is great. And another uh, is, another hit. It actually... Fuck, this was a fucking huge album. It was huge. reached number nine on the top 100 chart. There, there's three top 10 Billboard yeah. hits on this album. And this is another one, um, talking about the high school girlfriend. Like When you're going off to college and you're breaking up with your girlfriend... This is the song where it like hits you. Yes, this is definitely lyrically like one of those punch in the dick songs. Yeah, it punched me for in my a dick. teenager. I, my like my heart and my dick, and they're very close together. I'm I'm like built weird. Yeah, so it was like one punch that got both my heart and my dick. Because your dick actually defies gravity, and it's a nasty little thing. It just kind of like curls up, <laughs> and your heart like droops down. Yeah, yeah. So, so they, they meet in the middle. Yeah. They meet in the middle. <laughs> That was yeah, that was a tough song. That definitely brings back memories. Yeah, I I actually a weird dick and a weird heart. <laughs> I I think it it's funny. That's like one of the best things about music is how, especially when you are dealing with matters of the heart, where all of a sudden a song is literally speaking to you. It's like I could not have written these lines more specifically to my current situation. Stefan Jenkins did it. There. That's such like a very that like that's a perfect thing. Like, how's it going to be when you don't know me or like when we don't know each other anymore? Like, right. that's the thing. Like when you're in your first relationship, like you're not thinking that far ahead. Right. But then when you hear those words, you're like, oh, shit, that's the thing that's going to happen. Right. It's also such a jilted, jilted teenage boy sentiment. Like you don't realize how awesome I am and we are and you're going to miss it when it's gone. Like it's a very like teen oriented type thing yeah very Stephon Jankons great job Stefan. uh all right so after that killer run uh of six tracks including really five total bangers I would say like if I had to make a end of year top 50 in 1997 Five of those six songs, and no offense, Narcolepsy, track two, but five of those songs would probably make my top 50 easy. Maybe top 30. I don't know who's making you make that list, but that is very reasonable. Five dog. Not ready yet. It's too soon. Let me go. It's Come too on, soon. Mom. No, we're not ready. What's the song? Thanks a lot. Okay. Yeah, it's like an okay. I have no memory of this. Thanks a lot. 
doesn't help. See, you not owning the album definitely, it's not, there's a difference between just being around the album a lot. And we had an album recently where we talked about this. Alanis. Alanis. But then someone, that's the difference between you and me and this album. Like, I listened to this album on repeat, basically, in 1997 or 1998, and I know every song. You know, just because it was so popular, like half the album. Well, yeah, and I think this yeah. was on, like, I don't, I don't, like, I, it's a little familiar, but, you know, I think at this point with this album, like, I was crying too hard after How's It Gonna Be? Yeah. Thinking about, like, sobbing. How I'm gonna get through the Deep next sobs. few years. Yeah. That um, I missed this one. It's not, it's inessential, though. In fact, I would, I would go as MF-er? far as saying it could be an MFR, but I think there might be, this is a, a beefy album. Um, is 14 tracks to it so i don't want to say it is the mfr but it could be okay uh this is now burning man another kind of forgotten song on the album um this is a good time what did we tease earlier that we said we were going to forget oh we were what was it? see i told you oh we were talking oh the mira sorvino uh erotic thriller yes yeah. oh man this is one of like the saddest stories about us as people yeah well, as teenagers as teenagers it's weird to be a teenager in retrospect alright so we all love Mira Sorvino and we got you know very 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 early by the way there's a huge fan of Burning Man right now it's like they're not gonna tell the fucking Sorvino story during we Burning are. Man we are we're absolutely gonna talk about I like Burning, Burning Man, Man fine but it, 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 we're gonna talk about Sorvino here um we found out through the very early incarnation of the internet that Mira Sorvino was in a movie, mm-hmm. starred in a movie called Tales of Erotica. Tales of Erotica, yes. We'll never forget that title. So no. we were just like blown away that this. I mean, the possibilities of just the, the possibilities title. were endless. So it was like a full on fuck fest. <laughs> and let's cut through the bullshit here. We had a, a big um, collective hard-on for Mira Sorvino, yeah. and there was a straight-to-video pre-fame movie called Tales of Erotica, Right. and the cover was her in like a black mini-dress curled up on a bed. Yeah. We're thinking unauthorized fuckfest. Party time. So we all piled into my grandfather's reliant, <laughs> probably. <laughs> With no rearview mirror. With no rearview mirror, so it was very dangerous, and we sped over to Blockbuster and uh, went there. Went to the Tales of Erotica aisle. Bad news, no Tales of Erotica. Son of a bitch. So we're like, all right, plan B. Get back in the car. I'm going to roll right into good for you right now, Bob. This is an MF. <laughs> we get back in the car. We drive one town over into New Jersey to the Montvale Blockbuster. You got it. I mean, the Montvale Blockbuster is not going to let us down. Nope. Still no Tales of Erotica. Fuck. All right. Now we're, now we're like, we're reeling. We need to find Tales of Erotica. Well, we're desperate. We're scared. Back into the Reliant. We go to like some like... Block- this is a Saturday night, by the way. Blockbuster. We go to like a mom and pop video shop around the corner from the Montvale Blockbuster. Nothing. Yep. Back in the car. Another like... Stone Cold Sober, by the way. Well, of course. We're pathetic. So we go even further into New Jersey. Probably like our third Blockbuster. Nothing again. So at this point, you would think we would give up. No. No. We had nothing. Collective boners are raging <laughs> 9.4 out of 10. The hormones of five <laughs> 17-year-olds propelled us 
back to Nan- back back over to New York into a Tower Records. Well, slow down, slow down. You're missing one important element. We all went back to our friend Greg's house, whose mother um, Greg lived with his mother and his sister. His sister was out of the house. Uh, his mother owned a pizza shop and worked late uh, most nights. So Greg's house would be good to be a place to hang where there'd be no parental supervision. Right. And we had given up the chase, but that collective boner was still raging. (laughs) So we said, we have this house to ourselves. We have a VCR here. (laughs) I don't even know what, what our plan was, by the way, if this was really, if this movie really played out in a big spot with like a, a, you know, very adult nature. Don't spoil it yet. Yeah. But we pick up a phone and we start making phone calls. Looking oh for God! Tales that's for right. And it led us to uh, calling the nearby Nanuet Tower Records. Yes. Not a rental, a purchase oh, yeah. scenario. And they said yes, yes, horny fucks. <laughs> we have Tales of Erotica in stock. So Pile. back into the Reliant we go. Back into the Reliant. <laughs> back to Nanuet. Now it's like ten fourteen p.m. This started probably around seven. Probably. Yeah. And uh, we go into the Tower Records where we make the beeline for the video section. We find Tales of Erotica, and on our way out, we run into somebody we know, oh, a girl from high school, as five guys are like, each, I think all of us were holding the Tales of Erotica it's video like, at the same time. Time for a circle jerk for the ages. <laughs> I hope that's not what would have happened. Well, who knows? But we're all like, we're like, we're like hiding it from her as we're like, oh, hey. Stephanie, good. what's up? Smart that we did. Yeah, good move. So we uh, we buy Tales of Erotica, which was not easy to get all of us to throw in like $4. That was significant back then. It was significant. And uh, we go back to Greg's house, and it was on. So here we go. We did it. Pop it in the old VHS. We succeeded. This a lot is of London, people, by the way. A lot of people doubted us. Fife Dog doubted us. We did it. We got back. Bring a fife dog. The motherfucker is hanging outside the garage, waiting to go to the gates. We got back to Greg's place. Pop tails of erotica in the VCR. Press play. (laughs) Press play. Unsheathed it and slid it into the VCR. So slowly. (laughs) A VCR. That's how old we are. Uh, Hit play, and the movie began. And from what I remember, there was no Mira Servino up top. So we hit fast forward. Yep. Fast forward through the opening, which it turns out this movie was a series of vignettes. A collection of vignettes, yes. Yes. First vignette. In the in the vein of, if you are of a certain age, uh, Silk Stockings, was it? No, well, Red Shoe Diaries. Red Shoe Diaries is the David Duchovny vehicle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, who, by the way, I bet you David Duchovny and Stephen Jenkins are friends. Oh, total friends. That makes so much they sense. They go to a lot of concerts together. Yeah, they do. All right. So, fast forward to the first vignette, no mirror. Second vignette, no mirror. Third vignette starts off, mirror Sorvino. Bang. Finally. Here we go. Zippers down. <laughs> no. I cheek don't. to cheek on the couch. Just Let's fap. Kissing. No. Uh, <laughs> we press play. And from what I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, it just starts off very slowly. And we are impatient at this point. Yeah, we're like, well, come on. Out with, out with the titties. Let's fly. I so, mean, that's where we're at at this point. So we start fast forwarding. And we keep fast forwarding. And before you know it, we're at the next vignette. Yep. So we're like, wait, wait. We must have missed it. We go back. We watch it again. 
nothing. Fast forward, maybe there was another no. vignette with Mira later. Nothing. We we got we, bamboozled. We probably could have murdered somebody after that. Like honestly, we're lucky that we didn't get into like a bad situation right after that. Because the, what, what could have been worse than us all masturbating together? So it was really the best thing that could happen. It might have been better, but what I'm saying is the testosterone and disappointment of like five 17-year-olds. If we would have walked outside <laughs> and there was like a, a, a vagrant walking by. like We've we beaten him to death. We could have beaten him yeah. to death. And nobody would have blamed us because there was that much excitement. Yep. And it did not work and out. And it did not work out. So this is, I think, the saddest part of this whole thing. We got back in the car, drove back to Tower Records and returned it. That same night. Oh, did we? <laughs> we did. Losers. Holy! <laughs> I was about to ask, does somebody still have the tape? No, we returned it that same losers. night. We didn't Got our $4 back and went on with our lives. Uh, this is London. I kind of like this song, but I can understand why some people might be thinking it's the worst song that was ever written. <laughs> That's a big chasm from your opinion to some people's opinions. Uh, but... Then it goes in. So that is a little bit of a soft underbelly of the album on some level. I mean, they could have trimmed it down and made a couple of B-sides out of this. But then the album closes. Now let's get back to the album. Uh, this is another one of my like favorite kind of under-the-radar songs of the late 90s. It's called I Want You. It's really kind of a sexy number, Bob. Let's All right, listen. hit me. The suckers lose themselves in the games they love to play. Shouldn't love to sing, but then their voices slowly fade away. People always take a step away from what is true. That's why I like you around. Great song. Great fucking song. How great is this song? Uh, about five years. We've talked about Bob. I make my wife a mix every year. One mix a year. To yeah, this, you, to this, you to brag this about that. You brag about that a lot. It's pretty good, actually. Yeah, Still no, good. that makes you a good husband. Uh, in about 2013, 2014, I put I Want You by Third Eye Blind on it. It's a good move. How about that? That's a that's a measure of a, of, of a man. Stefan <laughs> Jenkins, I'm talking about, not myself. That this deep track from an album that came out 18 years ago showed up in that uh, mix. It's weird because I just give my wife DVD copies of The Art of Revenge every year. <laughs> She's so, like, what the fuck are you trying to say about that? Uh, I like to imagine so if the Mir Sorvino um, turned into like kind of a real hardcore softcore and then we in the room together and we're trying to figure out, all right, now what? Imagine this song just start like playing in, in the background. What kind of what kind of scenario are you are you writing up here? I don't like. Maybe I do. I know like you it. don't like it. Uh, it's I an uncomfortable situation. If no, this, I would like to. Th- I know. I know us back then. We've established on this podcast we weren't dick guys. We weren't guys that ever. No, we didn't take our dicks out. We never took our dicks out. Nor nor did our friends. Nor did Mike when he sang us. How's it going to be? Though he probably could have if he wanted to. <laughs> um, I feel like what would have happened is we would have we would have had a very logical. Right uh, scenario. Right scenario about yeah. who gets the tape first, who gets it second. It would have been like a very, we would have spent the night 
organizing who gets the tape and when. It would have been a, a high priority and a very strict system, I think. I would have definitely used my car and the fact that I got us this as like the leverage. I get first. Yeah. It's Greg's VCR, though. I know. It would have got ugly. It could have yeah. got ugly. It worked out for the best. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's I Want You. I love it. It's We talk about the um, MFR, which is mid album filler. This is, we should have a title for like late album banger, a lab. Let's start that now. It's a lab. This is a lab. From here on out, all the podcasts we do. <laughs> every single one. Every single one from now. From now until infinity. Lab. This one's a total lab. And you know what? It's not the last one on this album because this album closes motherfucking strong. And let's not forget, before you go to the last track, we are picking we one of these songs. Tracks, by the way, Bob. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, might as well. Already started. One of these songs will end up on the Spotify playlist. Yes. We have a lot to choose from. So many. Yes. I have one already in mind that I'm going to pound the table for. I already know what you're going to pound the table for because I know you. It hasn't played yet. I know it hasn't. I know what we're going to do. Really? I do. Good for you. Good for you knowing me, paying attention. I know you pretty well. You're adorable. I know you pretty well by now. All right. So this is the background, and uh, this, uh, this is a nice little palate cleanser as we go into the last two tracks. This could definitely be on like the Fear soundtrack. Oh yeah. I mean, Fear came out a couple years earlier, but this could have been like right after um, Reese got like, you know, finger banged on the old roller coaster. Yep. This could have been them walking hand to hand back to the house, and then the father pulls back the curtain. He's like, "I disapprove." <laughs> that was probably the actual line. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely somewhere in between the finger banging and "Let me in the fucking house." And I'm just maniacally, like, maniacally pounding his chest. Fear, fear, fear. Did he say fear? That movie was so good. Uh, the background's, it's a nice, oh, actually, it's a nice little uh, chorus. Here, so let's listen to the second. I want to. I want to retract something I said in the I get. I get why this has like a youthful following, all these years later. Because it is so '90s. It's so of that era. But it, but the songs are personal and emotional, while still having heavy guitars at times. There's a sort of he sort of raps his. It's a varied sometimes. album. It's certainly it's very it varied. Traffics in a lot of different realms. And the way that Pinkerton was so like hard on the sleeve, and that's what ended up, that's what got it bad reviews when it came out, but also right. is why people eventually flocked to it. I feel like this does that same thing, where if you really paid attention to it, and you own this album, and you really paid attention to every song, including these like lesser known tracks, you would get sucked in and be like, this is the best album of the decade. Well, I think it's well said, Bob, and I think also the I'm glad that I was surprised when I learned that Third Eye Blind kind of had a second wind and has a whole, you know, big fan base that I didn't imagine they would have. 
But I'm glad they do because I believe this album is special. I think it's, and I think if you have this one album that is tracks one to 14, like 10 kind of classics in terms of what the, the, the fans of that artist, uh, how they view it, like that can carry you a long way. And they had, they had a couple of good songs after this. Uh, Never Let You Go was kind of a banger. Non-Dairy Creamer. Was that a song by Third Eye Blind? Yeah, they got bad. It got dark. Okay. It, then, it, did it get Everclear dark? Oh, it got Everclear dark. Mm. All right, here we go. Now, penultimate track, Motorcycle Drive by Bob. This one does it for me, Bob. Right in the feels. Summertime and the wind is blowing outside And though it's Chelsea and I don't know What I'm doing in this city The sun is always in my eyes It crashes through the windows And I'm sleeping on the couch When I came to visit you That's when I knew That I could never have you I knew that before you did Still I'm the one who's stupid this burning like there's always been I've never been so alone and I've never been so alive I want to dig back into the song in a few like a minute or so uh, because it changes but uh yeah uh, to Stefan Jenkins' credit this is a pretty deep album too there's there's some depth to this album, like emotional depth and like musically. It's a pretty fucking good album. Yeah. It doesn't get enough credit for how great it is. Well, it gets credit, I think, because they do have, they still have a following. They're not a complete laughing stock. It right. definitely gets more credit than, you know, Semisonic, which is what you mentioned earlier, is an underrated album. Right. Despite the fact that Dan Wilson has gone on to like win all these Grammys for writing amazing songs for other people. Right. This song, this album has some cred because of and this songs was never like this. a single motorcycle drive by uh but this kind of like uh this is maybe their most ambitious song on the album well let me tell you do you like everything you've heard so far in this song yes then you would like ben lee this is what ben uh, lee sounds no. like right. stop being Bob's so drinking whiskey. hard on ben lee this is i will not let you sell like. this song with ben lee talk First half is a Ben Lee song. So before it gets really good? Yeah. PLJ <laughs> would block that out. Um, I don't do a lot of impressions, but can I do one quick impression? Yeah, I want to. All right, this is a real quick impression of you in six minutes. Uh, Motorcycle drive-by is the song. (laughs) It's so good. There's so much depth to it. Let's put it on chest like a gorilla. Let's put it. No, you're pounding your chest like Mark Wahlberg in fear. (laughs) Let's put this on the uh, Spotify playlist. And I'm going to be okay with it because I knew that this is, I know this is your favorite song on the album. Even though we haven't talked about it in 20 years, 
I remember. Yeah. I remember this being the song you loved. This song twenty years ago is strangely incredibly meaningful to me. In fact, like if I if I died in a motorcycle accident, which <laughs> me not on the motorcycle, the odds are very against. I that. get run over by a motorcycle in a crosswalk. Oh, I like that. Uh, well, then it would be a little on the nose. Don't play this. But if I uh, fall off a cliff or something, or I get shot, I which like could a, happen. A motorcycle has to be at least tangentially involved. But I'm saying, like, if I have, if I'm laying in the casket, like, and and somebody said, "Oh, Dan loved motorcycle drive-by," I'm not going to be mad. Don't be. Played it, played at the wake. Well, you'll also be dead. You know what I'll say, <laughs> Dan? Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> Five dogs, like, what the fuck? Off you go. <laughs> what the fuck? You let Dan up? We still have one more song. One more song, and it's actually another really nice song. It is uh, "God of Wine." It's almost like they didn't. They they end the song with like they end the album with sh- three straight songs that could have been the end of the album, so it's a little bit like piled one on top of the other. Which do you think at this point he was just like, let's stay in the studio so I can keep on cheating on Charlize Theron? Probably because but I, you know what we haven't talked about the fact usually that- like when we talked about Adam Duritz and he was he was like with all the starlets of the nineties. Uh, it was like that lucky son of a bitch, that sandbagging son of a bitch. Yeah. But Stefan Jenkins in 1998. He was a great looking guy. He was essentially Charlize Theron of. Right. No, it made men. sense. Like he was like a crazy good looking dude, and it didn't work out with Charlize. But I think he like cheated on her, right? Wasn't that oh, the I'm thing? S- certainly he did. Right. Certainly. Almost oh, definitely. Almost oh, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he ended up getting with uh, Vanessa Carlton, which is like, well, you know. Okay. Let's figure things out. Let's who recorded the the worst song of the County Crows career? All so tires everything's together, connected. And then the towers came down. And then they did. They towered down. So what Vanessa about Tower Carl- Seven? Vanessa Carlton put her on the board. Put her on the board. Let's listen. I yeah, love this song. I remember this too, yeah. It's a great it's closer. Good. And it actually gets pretty heavy um, at the end. It's what they do well. By they, Third Eye Blind They're turns. good at like, starting this one way and ending yep. the other way, yeah. Um, but yeah, listen, we're in the era of streaming. I could play the whole song, but if you don't know this album, this is one of the albums, and one of the fa- my favorite things about doing this podcast is occasionally we'll get the tweet, hey, I didn't really know this album. Right until you guys talked about it and then I listened to it and I love it. Motherfucker, listen to this album. Yeah. Like I feel like we've introduced eleven Brits to Pete Yorn. Yeah. Certain people have found the Libertines. Like we've done we've done some good with this podcast. Right. It on some level it's a success. On not on like certain, a like a tangible like capitalist level. There's a very specific <laughs> level that this is a success. Uh, all right. Now, and one of the other successes. Yes. Is our amazing Spotify playlist. Okay. I like that. So I don't think there's any tension here because I'm not going to fight you. I'm going to lay in a fucking casket and motorcycle drive by is going to be playing. I'm not going to fight you. Although if I would have to pick a backup song, if you like decided. Yeah. No, let's talk about that. That's I would have one. gone to the song that you fuck your wife to. <laughs> um, I want you. Yeah, that's a great song. It is a great one. That's one that I'm going to go listen to after this podcast. Yeah. In fact, I would not have like put up a huge fight, but I think that motorcycle drive by what makes it like different 
is that it's a type of song that's like, wait, what? This is Third Eye Blind? Wait, they're more than Semi Charm Life? This song's kind of fucking epic. Yeah, they're really doing something here. It's a deeply impressive song to me, and it wasn't even a single. So, like, if the Spotify playlist, part of its charm is to yep. surprise people. Well, there you go. All right. There's a five minute banger from let's, Third Eye Blind. Uh, let's listen to some of this. Let's say goodbye. Let's end this episode. Let's well, keep drinking. Well, you don't have to explain that, Bob. Let's keep drinking. This is how our show works. After we do the Spotify. No, I know, but I want to say let's keep drinking because we're going to go right into our next episode. Yeah, you're not going to want to miss next week's episode. (laughs) Yeah, you're. I mean, we're all we're already drunk, and there's going to be some news. Yeah. At the top of next week's episode, there's news next week. So big news. Follow us on uh, Twitter. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Follow us at Throwback Pod on Twitter, on Instagram. Email us at thethrowbackpod at gmail.com. And if uh, you work at Earwolf, you know, give us a call. And uh, until thank next you. week, uh, this is the Throwback Podcast. Take it away, Stefan. Set Five Dog free. RIP Five Dog. Thank God. That you don't believe in. I would like to build something. But you never see it happen And this is burn